March of 1971, Aretha Franklin did several shows at the Fillmore West. And there have been two Fillmore venues in San Francisco. The original venue, 1805 Gary Street, is still open today. The other Fillmore venue, known as the Fillmore West, is located at Van Ness and Market Street. And the concert at Van Ness and Market Street, known as the Fillmore West, is what we're going to be focusing on today. These songs from those concerts were turned into a live album called Aretha Franklin Live at the Fillmore West. And that's the second live album that Aretha Franklin released, and it was released on May 19, 1971. A reviewer of the album said that the showstopper of the concert on both the original and alternate versions is without question Dr. Feelgood. The screams from the audience stem from the bowels of ecstasy as both men and women implore, sing it, and write on girl. And that was from a review from Pop Matters on Aretha Franklin Live at the Fillmore West. Dr. Feel Good. The emotional experience, the quick fix, the relationships. Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. I am Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. And guess what? I'm on a new round and a new musician. And I'm going to be looking at leadership through the music of Aretha Franklin this go-around. And this season, I'm also featuring women in history because this is Women's History Month. The International Day of the Woman was last week, and we're going to talk about some great women in history and give you some leadership lessons as well. So we can always look back. And we can see that the path that we are on, it was laid by some, someone else. It was laid by other people. And we need to express gratitude for the efforts of those people. And oftentimes, their efforts, their labor, their goals were often accomplished under tremendous adversity. Let me tell you a little story. Elizabeth Taylor Greenfield. Now she was born a slave in 1819 in Natchez, Mississippi. She didn't really have a lot of reasons that the dreams of her life would actually come true. But because of some very good circumstances and her own efforts, she eventually became known as the first African-American woman singer to gain recognition and fame in Europe and in the United States. Now, before she got famous, she has a child. She was taken to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania by a Quaker woman who had freed her slaves. Elizabeth continued to serve the Quaker woman, and she began to entertain the guests of this elderly woman who she worked for. When the woman died, Greenfield began to support herself by giving public and private performances and she began to get more and more popular throughout the northeast part of the United States. Now in 1853, Greenfield traveled to Europe for engagements in England, Scotland, and Ireland. Now what happened is that she had a manager who was a bad person and the manager abandoned her in London and she's broke. She's in London. So she decided to do what she could do. She took matters into her own hands. She found another American woman also traveling in London. It was Harriet Beecher Stowe. And Harriet Beecher Stowe, as you know, went on to write Uncle Tom's Cabin. Now, before she went back to the United States, she sang in Buckingham Palace in a command performance 
for Queen Victoria. Imagine that. 1800s, you have an African-American woman, a freed slave, born a slave, singing in Buckingham Palace for the Queen of England. Now, Greenfield would never be able to go to the White House and sing for the President of the United States, but she was able to go and sing to the Queen of England. Now, during the Civil War, Elizabeth Greenfield also appeared alongside Frederick Douglass and Francis Harper. She traveled through the country raising funds for various African-American societies and often orphan societies. And she died on March 31st, 1876 in Philadelphia. Ask yourself this question. How were people who faced so much opposition so successful? Let me think about Frederick Douglass. He went to great schools. It must have been. Nope. Didn't go to great schools. Elizabeth Greenfield. Went to great schools. Nope. She didn't. Didn't go to great schools at all. She had a lot of support from people. No, her manager abandoned her in England. Bad situations. You can count on people who are going to do the right thing. Relying on her talents, relying on her abilities. And then she was able to find the right people to support her. Are you a leader? Are you the right person who is going to help another person be successful? Or are you going to be Dr. Feelgood? Dr. Feelgood. There actually was a Dr. Feelgood. Now, we're not just simply talking about the Motley Crue song, Dr. Feelgood, but there was a Dr. Feelgood. His name was Max Jacobson. And Max Jacobson was German, born, I think, in 1900. He left Berlin in 1936. He went from Berlin to the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and he took on patience. And his patients that he took on were some of the most famous people of the day. Lauren Bacall, Ingrid Bergman, Leonard, Leonard Bernstein, Humphrey Bogart, Yul Brenner, Truman Capote, Montgomery Cliff, Rosemary Clooney, Cecil DeMille, Eddie Fisher, Judy Garland, Marilyn Monroe, Thelonious Monk, Liza Minnelli, Elvis Presley, Anthony Quinn, Paul Robeson, Nelson Rockefeller, Elizabeth Taylor, Billy Wilder, Tennessee Williams, and even the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy. And he was called Dr. Feel Good because he was known for his miracle tissue regeneration shots, which consisted of amphetamines, animal hormones, bone marrow, enzymes, human placenta, painkillers, steroids, and multivitamins. So, we've got Dr. Feel Good here. And what happened here? So, Mr. Jacobson had a lot of famous clientele. And they all went to him for quick fixes to relieve the pain. But by the late 1960s, Jacobson's behavior became increasingly erratic. He began using amphetamines himself. He started working 24-hour day shifts, seeing 30 patients at a time. But then in 1969, one of the former presidential photographers, his name was Mark Shaw, died at the age of 47. The autopsy showed that Shaw died of acute and chronic 
intravenous amphetamine poisoning. When they questioned Jacobson's staff, they admitted to buying large quantities of amphetamines to give many high-level doses. The Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs seized Jacobson's supply, and his medical license was revoked in 1975 by the New York Board of Regents. Jacobson never got to perform medicine again. He died later, four years later, after everything was seized, not able to perform medicine again. Now let's think about this. We've got pills, amphetamines, famous people, Dr. Feelgood, who removes the pain. Now let's go back. Neurobiologist Mark Chenzi says that music echoes expressive movement. Fast tempo music seems to be running from something or doing something celebratory, dancing for instance. In these contexts, music is something that echoes parts of our shared human history and survival throughout our species evolution. My favorite part of the song is when Aretha says this, don't send me no doctor filling me up with all those pills. I got me a man named Dr. Feelgood. And oh yeah, that man takes all of my pains and ills. And you know what I think here? Dr. Feelgood is about relationships. It's not about the quick fixes. Dr. Feelgood means that you treat people right. Help them and see people, not systems, not methods. The quick fix is the pill. It gets you addicted in the end, full of pain. Dr. Feelgood. See, if you look at Dr. Feelgood in the context of pills, quick fixes, you're not really looking at people. You're looking at what can you do to fix a person in your leadership. But when you look at somebody like Elizabeth Taylor Greenfield, natural talent, natural ability, hard times, she found people who would support her and support her talent and appreciate her talent. So guess what? The United States president didn't appreciate her or the system that was set up in the country would not support her talent. So she goes to England and the Queen of England supports her talent. So this is our leadership lesson here. If you set up a system that does not appreciate the talents and the abilities of the people that you lead, somebody else will. Somebody else will. And if your system was correct, then Elizabeth Taylor Greenfield should not have had success when she went to England. Think about it. Don't fight over methods and systems. Don't fight over methods and systems. Help people be successful. If you look at your method and system first, and you ignore people, your talent walks out the door. Your talent walks out the door. And do you want your talent to walk out the door? Do you want other people applauding the people that you let walk out the door? And then what do you have? Well, I have my system. I have my method. Okay. But have you hit your goals? You're a, you, is it better to be broke? and have a system and a method? Or is it better to turn a profit with talent and ability? At the end of the day, a business is about turning a profit, correct? If you don't have a profit, your business goes away. 
Your business is generated by talented people. And talented people will make you financially successful, which is the goal of a business. So if you choose a system, make that system produce finances on its own without talented people. I heard an analogy once. It said, a few days ago, they said it's like taking a chicken McNugget and turning it back into a chicken. If you have a system and you take out the talent and abilities of people and you don't appreciate them and nurture them, well, your system will be trying to take a chicken McNugget and turn it back into a chicken. Always do the right thing and appreciate the people that you work with. Take care of them. Don't be Dr. Feelgood and look for a quick fix, but be Dr. Feelgood in the sense that you're going to look for relationships first and you're going to build them and you're going to treat people and see their talents and abilities. Don't see how you can enrich yourself. Dr. Feelgood, Max Jacobson, what did he do? Did he really enrich other people by injecting them with amphetamines, animal hormones, bone marrow enzymes, human placenta, painkillers, steroids. A man died, right? Do something nice for a person and see if it results in death. A nice word, a kind word. Let's think about this. How long does it take to administer a shot? And how long does it take to say a kind word? Which one will end up in death? Potentially risky. I'm not trying to give medical advice. I'm just trying to say, look, we need to take care of people and their talents and their abilities, and we need to nurture them. And Dr. Feelgood is about relationships and building relationships and keeping relationships and putting others above ourselves when we interact with them and then I believe your own needs will be taken care of if you help other people this is Stephen Thompson and this is my experience